Let's turn to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and uh, we're going to uh, begin with one verse of scripture tonight, and, uh, but I will uh, refer to several verses in this chapter, uh, but we'll, we'll begin with one verse of scripture for our text, and uh, tonight's message will, will kind of tie in uh, with this morning's message, if you recall this morning, uh, the, the, the answer to the question of how is it all going to work out, how is it going to end, and tonight uh, I want to speak on dealing with perilous times, and there's something that we need to be reminded of as Christians, living the, a, 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 a life that pleases the Lord is not easy, um, it, it's, it's something um, that is, really it is not possible without the Spirit of God. And I'm afraid many times as Christians, we don't count the cost. Uh, we don't realize the stand. And I know we, we have a Bible college and we're training young people. I, I want you to understand, if you're going to be faithful and preach, this word, preach, preach the Word of God, you will have to pay a price to do it. Uh, you, but that, that's, that, that's the price to pay to be faithful to your Lord. Um, if you're going to rear your children, I want the parents to hear me very, very well. You have children in the nursery. If you're going to rear them according to this book, it's not going to be easy. Um, to come out from this world, <clears throat> it's not easy. I think sometimes we get um, discouraged. We get disenchanted, if you will, because it's like, well, it's hard. Well, whoever said it was going to be easy? Um, history tells us it's not easy. The Bible tells us it's not easy. And there's sacrifices that have to be made. As we as a church, as we continue to move forward, there's sacrifices that have to be made so that God's church can advance. It's not always easy. Um, and I think sometimes we say, well, I want to take what's easy. You cannot do that which is always easy and serve the Lord. Um, and life is not easy. Being faithful is not easy. Are you discouraged yet? Um, uh, but I'm afraid sometimes, and I want us to be reminded tonight, that we need to understand with we as the church, we as Christians, we must be willing to stand by this book, stand on this book, and pay whatever price is necessary in order for us to please God. Uh, as I was reading through, I mentioned early this morning, I read through the entire book of Revelation as our text was from chapter 22. And I, 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 that's just one of been, become one of my favorite things to do is read the entire book uh, in one sitting, and every time, I, I, there's so much that jumps out, but I always take notice, and it happened again this morning, um, when the blood of the martyrs begins speaking, and the blood of the martyrs that have been shed for the faith ask the question, how long? And their blood will be avenged. Um, so nothing we do for the Lord is in vain, but it's always a conscious reminder of me that there are many who've paid a much greater price than I've ever had to pay. Um, but let me remind you tonight that God's church has always flourished in persecution. Uh, the book of Acts, not an easy book to live for God's church, but the, the harder it got, the more God worked. And so I say that to say not that we are facing, it's inevitable that we're going to face Book of Acts persecution. It could happen. But I'm just saying uh, there's things in all of our lives that there's going to be times where it's going to be hard. That's not a time for us to sit down or set down our faith 
and say, well, let's make some changes so that it's not as hard. It's going to be hard one way or another. Um, and so I want us to, with that mindset, I want you to look at verse number, but I'll say, let me say this too before I read the text. <clears throat> I've been having some conversations with um, a man who, who's, who's, who's older than me. Uh, he pastored for some time, and now he's, 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 I've been having a conversation with him about helping us get funding and finances for building projects in the uh, very near future, like 2021 future. Just file that away. And, um, and uh, we, of course, there's been a lot. You know, he's got a ministry background, a, um, a Bible-believing ministry background, and, and just dealing with churches. He deals with churches in this respect. And with 2020 as a backdrop and the COVID and then some of the things that are taking place in our government across the, the, the nation, uh, he's, and he made the observation, and he said, churches that are truly built on the Word of God they're the ones that are not just surviving during this time, they're thriving. Uh, because God's blessing is still evident, and when we're faithful, God blesses. Uh, and so uh, it's not all doom and gloom, even in difficult times. Uh, but look at verse number, we'll read the text now. Y'all ready now? One more, no, verse number one. This know also. All right, before I keep reading... We spent 10 to 12 weeks in chapter number 4. Y'all remember that on Wednesday nights? Paul speaks of his ministry companions after he makes those famous last words, I have finished my course. We know where he was when he wrote this letter. He was in prison awaiting his death, awaiting his execution for the faith which he believed. In his first letter to Timothy, and then in this letter to Timothy, he's giving many instructions of how the church, God's church, is to be conducted, um, qualifications, uh, fight the good fight of faith, a lot of things. Chapter number four, we've dealt with chapter number four at length on Wednesday night. We've actually dealt with chapter number three for uh, in and out of a year when I, when I taught on the emerging church. Um, there, he's getting into some very serious things that, that he needs to consider. He tells him, Timothy, these are all these things to remember, but notice the wording. With that in context, this know also. And I point this out because the Bible says that in the last days, perilous times shall come. There's a lot of Christians who, who they only have a comprehension up to chapter 3, not into chapter 3. They, they can speak of the grace of God, and that's good to speak of. They can speak of, well, I should stay away from I should flee this, and I should, I should cleave to this, and I should fight the good fight of faith. But Paul also says, you better know this too. The perilous, in the last days, perilous times shall come. So I want to use this verse, and as I mentioned, I'll use several verses throughout chapter number 3, but I want to speak on this subject. Dealing with perilous times. Perilous times are going to come. This world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. As I preached this morning, I believe it. Christ could come today. He could come today. That trumpet could sound today. I believe that. I believe that. I believe this is a period of time where he, he, he could re return, and we should be looking for his returning. <laughs> Having said that, there's some things that are going to be evident in the last days, and I know I've spent a lot of time on this uh, at length at other times, but tonight I want to touch on some things that will help us Deal with perilous times. Too many Christians have their head in the sand about adversity they're going to face, about battles they're going to have to fight, 
And I believe part of winning the battle is, first of all, knowing you're in a battle. Part of winning a spiritual battle is knowing that there is a battle. And I'm afraid too many Christians, uh, they have their blinders on and they don't see things through spiritual eyes to understand that there's some things that we have to deal with. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll use the message tonight. I pray that you'll <coughs> give me exactly what you'd have me to say. May these truths be good reminders for us so that we're prepared uh, for the days ahead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, perhaps you may be wondering, Pastor, why revisit this? Why come back to this? Because um, we as God's church, we as His children, there is a task that He has for us to do. Uh, there is a world that He wants us to reach. You say, Pastor, I don't know that we can reach the world. I believe if, if we follow the Word of God, if Christians follow the Word of God, the world could be reached quicker than you realize. Um, the problem is we're not following God's plan. But be that as it may, I want us as the Emmanuel Baptist Church to do our part in what God would have us to do. We must be aware that there are going to be times of sacrifice. There's going to be battles. Even this year, we as a church collectively and individually, we have faced things that we didn't anticipate. Uh, we have faced uh, many times the question of do I quit or do I keep going? Uh, do, I, do I grow or do I, take a, do I backslide? And so there's going to be some difficult times. That word perilous, as we see in verse number one, means dangerous, hazardous, full of risk, such as a perilous undertaking in, perilous, in a perilous situation. Sometimes Christians are like, Pastor, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Pastor, I didn't know I was signing up for this. Well, I'm here to remind us all tonight, are you, are you still excited about being saved? Uh, that uh, there's going to be some perilous times. There's going to be some dangerous times. There's going to be some times that are hazardous, full of risk. And I'm going to point out a few truths tonight, and then I'm going to end with something that I believe should give us instruction, uh, not only to how to, to succeed during perilous times, just because there's perilous times don't mean we can't be happy. Just because there's perilous times don't mean we don't win. But I think we need to be prepared to what we could deal with and what we're going to deal with. It certainly under, it helps me understand if I know what the playbook of the other team is. Uh, and so then I know how to respond to that. Uh, things that the Bible tells us about these perilous times, we need to accept as fact. One thing that will help you and I is always when we approach the Word of God to approach this as fact. If God says it, it's fact. Um, well, can you? I don't have to prove it. God says it. By faith, I accept it. It's fact. The scripture I read this morning out of the book of Revelation. Say, Pastor, do you really believe that's going to happen? Oh, yeah, it's fact. Uh, it's, it, it, it's a done deal. It's going to take place. Why? Because what God says is fact. So we need to approach some of these things uh, tonight that we're going to see as fact. Let me give you number one. Number one, uh, we see in verse number eight. Now, as Jonas and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Uh, statement number one tonight is truth is resisted. Truth is resisted. Uh, I skip verses two through verse number seven, but there's a pretty good list of there, there that describes those perilous times, uh, describes the world that uh, we live in. And there are many things that I want us to see, but if you see verse number five, having a form of godliness, but not denying the power thereof from such turn away. 
I'll come back to that in just a moment, but in verse number 8, we have two described who withstood Moses, which more than likely, I, I believe, were probably uh, those uh, uh, Egyptian uh, priests, if you would, that when Moses came and he, he and, and with the power of God, he threw his rod down, turned to a serpent. If you recall, Pharaoh called his out, and they came, and they threw uh, their, their rods down, and they turned into serpents. Now, God's serpent ate theirs, because God is, of course, mightier, but they resisted the truth. Uh, in the day we live in, there's going to be some who always resist the truth. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when, like, here's the facts, here's the truth, why can't you see it? Why can't you understand it? Uh, what, what's so hard about the truth? This helped me. I think it'll help you. When you get in your mind that it's not about them understanding it is truth, there are some who know it's truth and will resist it, will stand against it. There's a discernment there, even as Christians, as we deal with this world, there are some who, with presented with the truth, they trust Christ. That's who we're looking for. I'm not interested in debating whether or not they think somebody else thinks it's truth or not, and get an argument over somebody. Because there's somebody else looking for the truth, i got to go find them. And there's a world that we live in that resists the truth. Well, Pastor, how can, how can they say they're saved? And how can they, because they resist the truth. These churches, they say they have the, the Bible, and they say they believe the Bible. And many of them, if you took their doctrinal statement set next to ours, they would be pretty much the same. But the practice is very different. It's not that they don't have the truth, they resist it. Uh, I am confident every time I walk to this pulpit and preach from this book, I am preaching the absolute truth. Well, it, 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 you know, I've been doing this for some time now, but as a younger man, it's like, well, I'm giving them the truth. Everybody's going to love it. On the way out the door, everybody's going to pat me on the back, hug me. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. It's like, oh, that didn't go over like I thought it was going to go over. Uh, because some resist the truth. We live in a world that resists the truth. Resist means to stand against, to strive against. Do you realize in our own country there are some who are working against the Word of God? They're working against the truth. They are resisting it. They are standing against it. They stand against that which is truth. I mentioned it this morning, and certainly uh, there's some, much of what is going on in our nation, I'm sure, is on our minds uh, uh, much of the time, uh, because just there's some uncertainty. We're just trying to see uh, what lies ahead in the future. Uh, but it is not a political thing that we're dealing with as much as it's a spiritual thing. Satan hates our nation, and he's been slowly corrupting it. How has he done that? You realize we're why we're facing what we're facing right now in our country is because decades ago we put creation out of our public schools and taught evolution. So do you really believe that? I, I, I believe it as fact. Attacking the word of God. It's resisting the truth. And you look at verse number two, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Um, there's many things that will fall into that category. It is not natural affection for a mother to murder her unborn child. 
That's not natural. Truth of the Word of God speaks about life, and God is the only one who can give it, and God's the only one who can take it. And there's penalties and punishment for those who step in the stead of God when it comes to life. You say that today in certain places, and they will literally want to take you out and stone you. Um, why? Because they're resisting the truth. You know, there's a lot of, while I'm on this subject, there's a lot of um, talk today with the Supreme Court and possibly overturning Roe versus Wade, and that would be a great thing in our nation. Um, well, the science, it doesn't matter what the science says or your so-called science says. The truth is, you can be presented. I mean, who doesn't know when life begins? I mean, we know when life begins. But they don't care because they're resistant to the truth. So truth is resisted. So we need to be reminded that not everybody's going to be as excited about the truth as, as you and I are. Number two, persecution will be normal. Look at verse number 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus might suffer persecution, will suffer persecution. Now, I need to, some don't have to worry about this because it says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not all Christians are going to be targeted for persecution because there's some Christians who resist the truth just like lost people resist the truth. But it's all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's a fact that in these perilous times, churches will be targeted. You look at what's going on in our nation. And the Supreme Court has to step in and say, no, you can't target churches with your lockdowns and your shutdowns. The pastor is a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Who would have ever thought, how many of you have said this, just, just in frustration, who would have ever thought this would be taking place in America? Well, why is it happening? Because it's perilous times. And there are those resistant to the truth. Uh, there are not just churches targeted, but Christians are going to be targeted. There are some of you, and many of you have spoken to me about this in your company, the agenda that they push. But if you push Jesus Christ, they'd fire you. Because that's hate speech. Uh, because that makes people feel uncomfortable. Uh, there's not enough safe spaces in our company for you to talk about Jesus. Um, we used to kind of say this jokingly, but this is a reality. Uh, so you've got to decide, how am I going to live? And we've got to understand, this is what Paul said. I want you to know this as well, that in last days, perilous times shall come. So persecutions will be normal. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, let me say this before I move quickly to number three. This should not, this verse should not get us to pause at whether or not we're going to live godly. God is worthy. My Savior is worthy. Do we realize what Christ did for us? There's no price too big. There's no price tag too large 
to serve the Son of God? None. And besides that, there are, are generations that have gone on before us and paid with their own blood so that you and I can have the Word of God. You and I can have the church as we know it. I, for one, can't look myself in the mirror and say, well, I, I, I compromise so that it's not as difficult. I don't want to do that. Now, I'm not looking forward to persecution, but I need to understand that God says it is going to be normal. Number three. Y'all need some encouragement yet? You're not going to get it with number three. Statement number three, it will get worse. If what I have already told you is not bad enough, statement number three tonight is it's going to get worse. Look at verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It will get worse. I know that you're so encouraged to be in church this evening. But I think one reason why we, we, we stumble, one reason why we're not as effective in our Christian life, one reason why we're not as effective as a church is we don't, we don't really allow the Word of God to confront us with reality. I circle back to some of my opening comments about, uh, Christians, we need, to, we need to take inventory. We need to, be, we need to count the cost. Uh, if you're going to serve the Lord, understand there's price to pay. If we're going to do what God would have us to do as a church, there's sacrifices that have to be made. And if we live in perilous times, and we deal with perilous times, we need to have the mindset, uh, it, it's going to get worse. Because Why? Because the Bible says so. Now, I've hurried through the first three statements tonight in dealing with perilous times. I remind you very quickly that truth will be resisted. That's frustrating. Frustrating when we have the truth and we say, here it is. I mean, have you paid attention to the media lately? Well, here's the truth. Here's the reality. Nope. This has been disputed. Well, I dispute your dispute. How about that? What's the matter? They're resisting truth. You confront, confront those that claim the name of Christ with the word of God. I don't believe it. I'm not doing it. I'm not accepting it. It doesn't change whether or not it's truth. There's a resistance to it. It makes it that makes it hazardous for the child of God. It makes it a climate of, of, of perilous times. Statement number two: We need to be reminded persecution will be normal. If you're going to live godly, there is a price to pay. And the great encouragement I gave you, number three, it will get worse. But I say all that to get us to number four. And statement number four is this: scriptural living will be what sustains us. Now, I want to give you some encouragement before I send you home. Look at verse number 14. But, okay, in spite of, are you with me? In spite of the perilous times. In spite of the hazardous times. In spite of those that resist the truth, in spite of whatever persecution that you're going to face, in spite of the fact it's going to get worse, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned 
and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Scriptural living will be what sustains us. I am for, as an American who loves my country, I am for the maintaining of our constitutional republic. I think as citizens of this great nation, we ought to be willing to do what is ever necessary to defend that constitutional republic which God has given us. But my number one priority is to continue in the things that I have learned. My number one priority is to follow this book. My number one priority is to be right with my God. My number one priority is to live another day that brings honor and glory to Him. It doesn't matter what the political climate is. If there are perilous times, we know what we are supposed to do. Continue. Now notice several things here about this verse. But continue thou. That's talking about me. But that's also talking about you. Continue thou in the things. Um, we're supposed to be continue, we continue in this book. What Paul is saying to Timothy there is don't quit. Don't quit. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be, there's going to be some perilous times. Let me remind you just to continue. You know what will sustain us in the perilous days? You know what will sustain us in the last days? You know what will sustain us no matter what happens in our nation in this world? Just living according to the Word of God. Living in the Scripture. Think of that blessed hope. Doing what it is that God has asked us to do. Notice, again, I want you to notice. But continue thou... In the, things, in the things which thou hast learned. If I'm to continue in, which means I'm not to quit, the things I have learned, I need to learn them. Uh, stay in the Word of God. It is more, even though there is a resistance to the truth, it's more important that we have the truth, we learn the truth, we propagate the truth, than there ever has been. The need is greater today. You and I as Christians don't need to get in our Bible less. We need to get in it more. How can I continue into something that I don't even know? It's not time to water down the truth to fit into the day we live in. I mentioned in verse number 5, there's a having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Uh, and, I, and I taught on this at length in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in the form as much as I am the actual power. And just because you, use the words of, you, use, you say the word God every once in a while, and you say the word Spirit every once in a while, doesn't mean you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Just because you got a nice church sign that says church or even Baptist on it, doesn't mean you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me take it a step further. Just because you sit on the church pews tonight in, in, in this auditorium, as you should be in the house of God, doesn't mean you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we should have the form, but the power is what is necessary. So the power of the Spirit of God comes through the Word of God. So I'm to continue, I'm not to quit. Say, Pastor, what if things go bad in our, what if they, they just continue to, to fast track uh, away from God? What are you going to do? Next Sunday morning, I'm going to come stand behind this pulpit with the help of God. I'm going to preach the Word of God. Why? Because we're supposed to continue. 
Pastor, what should I do? Do what you know the Word of God tells you to do. This is a wonderful verse. Let's continue to look at what the Bible says. Continue down with the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Now, I want to bring your attention and bring your memory to all that we looked at when we went through that series of ministry companions in chapter number four. Remember what Paul said in verse number six for I am now, of chapter four, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. His life is getting ready to be taken from him because of his stand and what he believed. Now, this is what I did in my Bible, and my mind is a little bit different, I know. But I drew a line from verse number 14 of chapter number 3, a line from that verse to the margin of my Bible down to verse number 6. And wrote on top of that line, he believed it. Because he's telling Timothy in, chapter, in verse number 14 of chapter 3, continue in the things that thou hast learned. In spite of the perilous times, continue. And Paul was one who not only said it, Paul believed it because just a few verses later, next chapter, we find him saying, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to give my life because I believe what I have said and I am going to continue. Continue in the things of that which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Here's, a, here's one of the main points I want us to get to tonight. Mom and dad, you have kids at home. Don't shake their confidence in the word of God because your confidence is shaken in the word of God. When God places us in a position of leadership as a parent, in my case, as a pastor, and when people look to us for spiritual leadership, we have a great responsibility to never quit, to never change, to never give in, because when that happens, it shakes the confidence of everybody who's ever learned the Word of God at our hand. There's a generation that is not doing the will of God. And simply put, it's because they lost confidence in it because of the spiritual leadership they had. Notice what the Bible says. The things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. What is Paul saying? Paul is telling Timothy, you know who's assured you of this. And you have also know who's taught you this. Because he references in verse number 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine and manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, char uh, charity, patience. He had seen this in the life of Paul. And he's saying, I'm going to give you two ways to be confident in the continuing the word of God. One is because you know that this is true. The other is because you learned it at my hand. And you've seen the evidence of God's working in my life. It, it is such a horrible thing for somebody who preaches the Word of God for years 
to change. It's horrible. It is a, it is a thing that God is going to certainly deal with an individual. I have a great responsibility on me as the pastor of this church to preach this book. I've been handed a great heritage. I've been taught. The Spirit of God has confirmed, and, and I know that this is the truth. And for me to tell uh, these children, you can believe God, and you can depend on God, and, and you give your life to God, and then for me one day to say, I've had enough of that, I didn't realize there was this much of a price to pay. No, I have a great responsibility to finish my course because there are some who say, I believe it because God has said it, but God also gave me a pastor who I learned from it, and, and, and it's from him. But as long as I can see that he is continuing, that gives me greater confidence too to continue on. There, there's many, I don't think, I mean, that everybody is responsible for themselves and everybody makes their own decisions, but what a, a, a stumbling block many place in the life of another Christian because they change. And, 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 and I want, I'm, I'm sharing this because I want to remind you as your pastor, I have no intention of ever changing. I have no intention of ever quitting. None. Because, God, first of all, God is worthy of our, our faithfulness. And it ought to be true in your life. But I have, understand I have a great responsibility not to shake the confidence of the Word of God in the life of anybody else. And if I have this responsibility, and I do, so if you're, if you're hoping the day comes, and because of COVID, things are going to get soft and things are going to change, they're not. And by now, I hope that I've proven to you, by the grace of God, I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's changing. I have that responsibility because even in the, in the kids in the nursery, this is not bad. I want them to know that this Bible is true, but I want them to know my pastor said that, that, that this is true, and my pastor has told me that, that God is faithful. My pastor, and I've, see, I've seen, and, and I believe, because God has put him in my life, I want them to know because God says so, but they also have a pastor who believes it. Now let's break this down to where you live. Those of you that still are rearing children, you bring them Sunday school now when they're little, you better make up your mind now that you're going to be bringing them to Sunday school when they're teenagers. You better make up your mind now. That's one of the, 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 one of the parts of the counseling I give in premarital counseling. Before you have those children, you better make up your mind how you're going to discipline those children. Before you have them, you better make up your mind what you're going to, they're going to be in church. Uh, why? Because I don't want, if I don't stay right, if I quit, it's going to affect somebody who's learning the Word of God from me. It's a shame. I've seen it through the years. A new convert begins to come, and a person who won them to Christ, they get backslidden and leave the things of God, and it shakes the faith of the person, of the new Christian. We have a great responsibility. I, I hope you understand how I'm saying this. I want to be confidence for another child of God. Not because of my ability, but because I believe this book. And I want God, and God, the Holy Spirit of God tell you this is true. Holy Spirit of God convince you this is true. Wouldn't it good to have somebody in your life 
who also believes it, who also encourages it. And I'm reminded in verse 3, verse 15 and 16, that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Holy Scriptures, salvation through faith. We, in spite of perilous times, we have an anchor that holds. My faith is built on that which the Bible speaks of. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God is not changing. It's been settled. It will sustain us. It will keep us. A little bit different for a Sunday night, but I want to remind us tonight that we, when we deal with perilous times, there's a way we're to deal with them. We need to understand what perilous times are. And I think if we understand, it will help us with not be as frustrated. It's a frustrating thing, as I've already mentioned, to have the truth and see people just not get it. Well, it may be because they're resisting the truth. That's why you've got to be careful arguing with a scorner. And I don't argue with scorners. Uh, there's no way you've got to be careful. I've got to convince them. It's not, my, it's not my job to get up here and convince you that what God says is true. It's my, my responsibility as a preacher and as a pastor to preach the truth, and the Spirit of God is more than capable of speaking to your heart and saying, that's right, that's true. Now, then the decision is, do we resist the truth or do we accept the truth? Don't get frustrated when it seems like Christians are being persecuted because they are. Pastor, I don't know. This just, and in spite of all of this, this does not mean God cannot bless. It does not mean that there cannot be revival. It does not mean that there cannot be in a great advance of the church. We are promised that. But it just means that if we face all of this, we shouldn't be frustrated by it because we ought to expect it. But what should we focus and put all of our time and energy into? Just continuing. There's much in this book. I, I, I don't, I mean, we, we complicate the Christian life. There's so much spiritual success in just not quitting. Just not quitting. Just continuing. Just not giving up. Just showing up. Well, I just, I just don't, I just, I just don't, I just don't feel like it. Well, when you show up, that's a victory. When you're in your place, that's a victory. When you don't quit, that's a victory. Pastor, I just don't feel like I'm on the top. Well, you haven't quit. Continue, because there's somebody who's watching your faith in this book. And, and it's, it's, it's a bad thing for somebody who proclaims this as truth. Well, I'd start putting a question mark on it. That's why we have a Bible college here. And that's why, you know, and it's good that we have a Bible college here. But I'm not going to recommend any Bible college. I don't care if it has Baptist on the name or whatever, where they put a question mark where God's put a period. They put a question mark on the word of God. They put a question mark on the way that young people have been reared in a Christian home. I'm not going to do it. Because that puts a big roadblock in the way. Shakes the confidence. Whether you understand it or not, you not quitting 
speaks volumes to somebody else. It's a great thing to have a church with longevity such as ours. What is it a testimony to? Well, the grace of God. It's testimony to the fact that this book is true. Now, if we just follow this book, God will sustain, God will bless. But all of us have got to decide, what do we do in those perilous times? I'm just going to, be, I'm just going to serve God as long as it's easy. Well, before you walk out those doors, it, that's changing on you because it's not going to be easy. We've got to serve God because we make up our mind to serve God. Maybe tonight you're here and this is a decision you need to make now. I'm thankful that I grew up in church. I'm thankful that I made a lot of these decisions before I was faced with those decisions. I've had temptations to compromise. I've had much pressure to compromise. Pastor, why didn't you compromise? Are you that close? I'm just stubborn. I mean, sometimes he tells me I got to do something. I, it's just not going to, nope. Is that scriptural? Nope, it's just I'm stubborn. But no, I decided as a young man before I was ever in the ministry that I would not compromise. And I, I don't ever want to go back on that decision. Before I ever had a child, I, I promised God that my children would always be taken to church. Uh, I want to finish. So, Pastor, you're just getting started. That's why I've decided now that I'm going to finish. You know why sometimes Christians fall out? It's because they haven't decided not to. And I would encourage young couples tonight in invitation time to come to this altar and, and make a, decide now that you're going to serve God. Decide now that you're going to be here until that trumpet sounds or until the Lord calls you home. But decide now that you're going to be faithful. Decide now that you're going to reach out. You singles, that God hasn't brought your, 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 your husband or your wife into your life. Don't lower your standards just so you can, just so you can say, oh, I got married. Anybody can get married. Go walk around the mall. But decide now. I'm going to serve God with my life, and, I, and, and I'm going to let God bring the right person in at the right time, and I'm not going to change that. Decide now. How, how, do, we, how do we keep the Abandoned Baptist Church strong for another generation? We decide as a church now that we're not changing, we're not quitting, we're not compromising, we're not turning back, we're charging forward. Long before, and I know I'll butcher this quote, but it just came to mind. The battle is won or lost long before that battle is ever fought. It's in all the preparation. And you and I need to decide that no matter what takes place in perilous times, what are we to do? Continue. Continue. Paul said this to Timothy, but yet he believed it. He said, oh, by the way, I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready for, if it costs me my life, that's fine because I'm going to continue in the things that thou hast learned. And Paul understood the importance of not giving up, of going all the way to the end, because there was a Timothy that looked to him. I'll close with this. There's men of the previous generation, great preachers, who were obviously much older, and I, I, I could say 
I knew them mostly because they came and preached here and knew them through my father. But I tell you, you can say this is not spiritual, and that's fine. Some of the times when I was faced, do I stand or do I not? The Lord, bring them into my mind. Remind me of who I learned it from. And the fact that they never quit. They paid the price. They continued. The Spirit of God had confirmed that this, I can be assured of this. But it sure did help to have that example too. Of somebody else who continued on. May we all be that example for those that come behind us. Father, I pray that you use the message tonight.